This is part two of my Great Point podcast interview with Rex Chapman. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go check it out on iTunes right now. How difficult was the transition to being a lifelong basketball player to retired NBA player? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, in, in my instance, I, I, I felt like I, I knew what I was getting into. It was right around that time that, you know, I'd had a few surgeries and had uh, started taking pain medicine uh, that had been prescribed for me. And uh, so during that whole time of retiring and all that, I was also, you know, beginning the first first bit of, you know, having an addiction to pain medication, uh, prescription pain medication. And, uh, you know, there for a year or two uh, was just sort of uh, spiraling downward with the uh with the Vicodin and opiate use. And before I knew it, I was in, you know, I checked into rehab and, uh, you know, to try to go to treatment. And it was a very humbling experience because I'd never even been a a guy that drank very much. I hadn't, didn't have my first sip of alcohol. So I was 22, maybe 23. I didn't party. I wasn't a guy who was, uh, you know, out getting high and doing drugs and, and all of that. So, you know, all of a sudden I'm sitting in a rehab facility and, uh, I was like, wow, you know, this is just, it's a humbling experience. Was it your family who, who helped you get into, to rehab? Uh, really it was, it was Danny Ames. Uh, Danny's been a long time friend. We played against one another for years. And then at the end of my career, I played for Danny in Phoenix. Uh, but Danny was really the one that pulled me aside and said, "Hey, you know, look, you <laughs> you got to get yourself uh, under control." So we did that, and uh, um, it was, you know, it's something that I needed at the time. But you know, I've I've battled that uh, uh, opiate addiction for oh 14, 15 years until last year, a little over a year ago. Um, it's been a tough, it's been a tough time, but you know, I couldn't, uh, couldn't be happier where I am now and, and looking forward to what lies ahead. No doubt. So just to backtrack for one moment. So you go through your, your stint in rehab and, and you're trying to fight through the addiction. And during this time, you're, you still stayed involved in, in the league. I mean, it's, um, mm-hmm. you were with TNT as a color commentator doing great work with TM, TNT, uh, scout with, both the sons you'd, you'd been a scout with and then the T-Wolves mm-hmm. and then, and then you become VP of player personnel with the Nuggets during that stretch. How difficult was it to handle some of those, uh, the jobs and responsibilities you had along with dealing with the, the addiction issues you were facing? Well, I, I think as addicts, we all kind of uh, tend to fool ourselves at times. And, you know, I had, uh, I had been actually the pain, the medication that I was, addicted to was a, a medication called Suboxone. And it was, it's really a, it's uh treat, I guess it's treated for pain, but it's also treated to wean someone from opiate use. Mm-hmm. So it was odd that, and I wasn't, I was taking what I was prescribed. I was never taking more than I was prescribed, but oh, I think over time, you know, like I said, from 01 to you know, 2014, over time, you know, I can look back now and see where, hey, you know, some of the decisions I'm making in my personal life or 
in relationships or uh, just day-to-day uh, dealings with people and places and things, I could see now that, you know, my judgment was uh, getting weaker and weaker. And um, so, um, you know, it was, it, it was hard. Uh, I always felt like I was given, given everything I could give to the, you know, uh, different places that I, that I worked and, uh, you know, um, you're sort of functioning while you're doing that, but, you know, definitely not at full, at at full capabilities. You talked about the idea that sort of everything changed a year ago. Can you take me through what, what happened there? Well, uh, yeah, I was, um, mid-September 14, um, I was arrested and taken to jail. Uh, I was told that, you know, I'd stolen some stuff from an Apple computer store and, uh, really had no recollection of any of it really didn't know why I was being arrested and, and whatnot. And a week later I went to rehab and, uh, in Kentucky and then spent three or four months with John Lucas in, in his treatment program in uh, Houston, Texas. And I've been here in L.A. Uh, since. Uh, we've gotten all, the, all of the uh, legal stuff uh, out of the way. And, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm very, I feel very fortunate to be where I am today. I've been able to, you know, reconnect with, you know, some friends and with uh, some family members that I I'd probably distanced over the years. So uh, I'm in a good place and uh, I'm very thankful. I've got four great kids and um, just kind of taking it a step at a time. What do you think changed for you this time in terms of getting the help? Well, I think probably, gosh, you know, I think when anybody goes the first time, uh, to rehab that it's a it's it's an enlightening experience but the chance for uh relapse is very very great um and that's you know historically and you know across the board um i think that you know you have to something has to make you hit rock bottom and i think that being arrested for me certainly was uh rock bottom i i'd always been a an upstanding citizen and, um, you know, had never been in trouble in any way, shape or form, uh, in my lifetime. So, you know, when that happened, it was pretty traumatic and, uh, you know, I'd let down a lot of people and, um, you know, so I, I I'm very uh, thankful at this, at this stage, I think, uh, more than anything, just to be where I am feeling as I, as I feel and, you know, being a, over a year, and a, a year and a couple of months out of, you know, pain medication because that's a, it's a, that's a big deal for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really uh, appreciate your uh, willing to speak about it and, and, and your honesty. I've wondered for someone in your position, you know, I, my ex-wife is an alcoholic and um, mm-hmm. actually have custody of my, my two daughters now and, Wow. Uh, I'm married and, and yeah, no, no, it's, it, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's, it, you go through your tough times and, and you, you all work towards, um, you know, a common goal of trying to get people healthy and not just the, right. the, the addict, but also everyone else around them and, and understanding right. the role each of us plays in it. But 
Right. I, uh, I was just curious in terms of it was hard and embarrassing and a struggle for us as, as we dealt with a lot of those issues and, and right. continue to and we'll always deal with those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also out of the, you know, I'm also out of the, the spotlight and I'm not and not, I'm not a, a public figure. So right. for you, what kind of challenges have there been in terms of facing the public and, right. and all that comes along with that for not just you, but for your family as well? Yeah. Uh, well, for me personally, I, I really haven't, I don't spend a lot of time, uh, worrying about things like that. And I probably, the main reason I don't is because since I was 15, uh, you know, I've, I've sort of been, uh, recognizable, uh, to others coming from the place that I came from. And so I've lived in the spot. I mean, what, what, you know, was so crushing is, you know, I've got uh, four children, 23, age 23, 21, 16, and 15. And uh, to have caused them the embarrassment that it, that I know that it caused them uh, to letting down friends and, and family. uh, Yeah, of course, it's embarrassing going through some publicly, but, you know, the ones that, uh, the people that you just hurt for, that I hurt for, are the people that I've let down and uh, who expected more from me and uh, had always known me to, to be a certain certain person. And uh, uh, so that that's difficult to, to deal with. But, you know, what are you going to do? you got to keep moving and, and continue to try to do the next right thing every day. And uh, as long as you can do that, there's really, you know, the people who know you are going to know you and who love you are going to love you. And, and uh, you know, people outside of that really, in, in the end, they don't they don't matter. So mm-hmm. um, family and friends are the ones who are always there for you. And uh, I certainly have had a, an outpouring of support from from. Uh, many family and friends over the past year or so. It's been great. So the people that that I spoke to in, in trying to do some research and prepare for, for speaking to you kept coming back to the same themes, you know, when talking about you, said that you were a great guy and they said that uh, you're an excellent father. So, you know, well, if, if that, you know, and ultimately, <laughs> I don't know what means more than, than hearing those, right. those things. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, that's good to hear. In, in doing research for, for this interview, one of the things, you know, I came across, there's mm-hmm. all the speculation that, oh, well, Rex had a hard time with dealing with retirement. Rex's father mm-hmm. was always really hard on him. Obviously, there's never one thing that, that's right. a driving force for, for addiction. But now that you've had a year, as you start to think about these things, wh- what do you think has played the biggest role in, in why you ultimately had an issues with addiction? You know, that that's such a tough question. I I don't know. Um, my my father. There have been uh, plenty of fathers that need to uh, be chastised for being bad parents. My dad wasn't a bad parent. He 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 was a good guy, good parent. Uh, was he hard on me? You know, trying to teach me how the the game was to be played. Yeah, but I wanted him to be hard on me. I wanted him to tell me exactly <laughs> what I needed to do. So, uh, you know, 
in retrospect, I think back to, you know, middle school and high school when really and truly basketball had become an addiction for me. I had to play. I loved to play. It was fun. Mm. It was it was good for me. It was uh, it made me feel good to play and just to get out there and express myself on the basketball floor. And it really was an addiction for me for, gosh, I don't know, 30, 30 or 20, 25 years um, of my life. So when I finished playing, I guess I, you know, found something to fill that void. And that void was filled by uh, just really not wanting to deal with uh, retiring and the emotions and, and probably the, the uh, I don't know, sadness that, that I had of not being, being able to do what I had always done before. And I think I probably started masking, trying to, you know, hide those feelings and sort of uh, just numb myself to it. And I think, you know, another aspect was that, uh, my ex-wife and I were in a very tough marriage and uh, a challenging marriage, as, as I'm sure it would have been for anybody. You know, she was uh, married to someone who was struggling with addiction for, you know, quite a while. So, uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, I don't know what the origins exactly are, but, but I'm sure I was trying to, you know, just just not feel the things that I I knew I would would feel if I wasn't on the medication, and I think that was a, a scary thing for someone just retired at age 32. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned an outpouring of support from both friends and and family. How much have you heard from people in the basketball community, especially because there must be, as you talk about, some level where they can relate to the issues you were going through in terms of again being a, addicted to the to the game and, and all that, that came with it. Yeah. You know, I, I, somebody told me the other day that there were something like only 1500 retired NBA players. And I guess that's right, but it seems like there's should be a ton more than that, but mm-hmm. 1500, that's such a small amount of guys to, from this one sort of little fraternity uh, that we have here in the, in the States. And, you know, if these guys spread out abroad, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult, I think, sometimes for people uh, or fringe, you know, people that are sort of fans but don't really understand. I mean, the game of basketball is it's a great game, but, you know, really and truly the human body, I, I'm not sure, meant to do what professional athletes do. I, I think that, uh, you know, the body starts breaking down. And you're definitely sacrificing, you know, football players, uh, baseball players, basketball, soccer, who pick your sport, sacrificing some years of, of good health, uh, physically, especially, um, for, you know, playing a, a game up until you're, you're 30. So, uh, there's a trade off. And, you know, I, I think the people that know you and have been around and kind of, uh, you know, you've shared your life with, they know, they know, they've seen the work that you've done. They've been there to, you know, see you at the hospital after surgeries and, and all that. So they get it. Um, but, you know, hey, nobody's going to complain about it. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. You know, it's what we de- decided to do. And, uh, you know, I, I really and truly 
uh, I wouldn't change a thing from uh, uh, my playing days. As you say that, physically, you obviously dealt with health issues as a player throughout throughout mm-hmm. your career. So now, as you talk about, like your body's still got to be nicked up. How do you deal with the physical pain now, knowing that you have this addiction to painkillers? Well, I'm much much easier this time than uh, any of the previous times for some reason. And again, maybe that's because you know you're, you feel like you've hit hit the bottom and you've got no place else to go. Whatever the reason, you know I'm uh, you know to be to be where I am. Yeah, my uh, I'll wake up some days and my uh, ankles and hands and and whatnot they don't feel so great but uh you know i i I know that the trade-off is for me to try to numb them up with something and then send my life spiraling downward so that's not even an option at this point um i feel fortunate to have reached this point but it's something that i'll have to deal with you know for the rest of my life and uh you know i'm hopeful and encouraged uh, at this point that, uh, you know, I, I have things, uh, under control, but always have to be mindful, uh, just, you know, sort of, again, doing the next right thing. What's your relationship with basketball like right now? Oh, basketball will always be a huge part of my life. Uh, you know, it's, um, and I watch as much as I, as much as I can. Uh, I, my oldest, uh, my son and you know, basketball junkie too. So we watch as much college and NBA basketball as possible. We even go to high school games. So yeah, I love the game of basketball. It's it's been great to me, great to my family, friends and kids and relatives. Uh, so uh, you know, I just love the game. Rex, I, I really can't thank you enough for, like I said, your openness and um, your willingness to talk about this. You know, earlier on the podcast, we spoke about the idea that. You know, you're a legendary figure, not only in your hometown or home state, but, you know, nationally. Uh, I spoke to my brother before we were um, going to start this podcast, and I told him that that I was going to be speaking to you. And he said to me, I hope he realizes how much of a hero he was to so many um, <laughs> young kids. And and I, I can only imagine that you do, but, but he, he meant it, and he said, you know, you talk about the idea that Jason Kidd changed the game, but you changed the game at well as well. There, there was a flair that you played with and a level of excitement. There, there was it was almost like this, this like schoolboy charm that you always seemed to, to have <laughs> as you were as you were playing. Did you did you realize how much of an impact that you were making on 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 the youth at that at that time and still to this day? Uh, well, tell your brother thank you for me. Um, that's <laughs> that's a big compliment. You know, I. While I was playing, I'm not sure I did. I just sort of played. Uh, I guess there are times people say things that, you know, it, it means a lot to you to realize that maybe you've impacted uh, others in, in some sort of positive way, just even if it was just per, for pure entertainment value uh, after they're off, they got off their nine-to-five job. So uh, I, I tried to express myself on the floor and, you know, I didn't feel like there was really anything that I couldn't do when I was out there. And, um, you know, you go from being sort of a young, dumb, arrogant, uh, uh, 
youthful person uh, and sort of grow up, uh, you know, with people watching and hopefully that you, you conduct yourself well and, and do those sorts of things. But I, I just sort of played. I didn't, I didn't think about much of anything else. And I was definitely uh, engaged in, in trying to help our team win. And if you start thinking about too much more than that, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. I, I, I can understand what, what you're saying, but I know it's, it's certainly true. And I do think as crazy as it sounds, I think, you know, this uh, next act in, in your life, I think makes you much more of a hero than, than anything back then as, as great as it was. I, I really do. I, I just think it takes uh, so much courage to well, um, speak you. about what you're talking about and all. So, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. I uh, enjoyed it. Uh, this is a, a pleasure to do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate having you on and uh, hopefully we can speak soon. So Rex Chapman, thank you very, very much. Thanks, Adam. Talk to you soon. Well, I can't thank Rex Chapman enough for his time and, more importantly, the guts that it took to speak about some of the issues he's faced in his life. Can't imagine the struggles he and his family have had to deal with over the years. But I am incredibly encouraged about what the future holds for a man, quite honestly, I've admired from afar for quite a long time. I'm hopeful that he and I can link up to do some more podcasts together in the near future. You can follow Rex Chapman on Twitter at Rex Chapman. Follow me, Adam Stanko, on Twitter at Lives, And, of course, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at GreatPointPod. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Really appreciate you for listening. Finally, I'd like to thank my daughters, Avery and Bella. I mentioned them earlier. They've been through a lot. They're tough as nails, and I love them very much. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Great Point Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.